Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me in the studio today is Travis McClunky and True Vanguard. Hello, hello. How's it going, sir? Hey, fan freaking fantastic. Living the dream. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about that, that snazzy sword update. We're going to talk about your big PvP event you got going on. Uh, yeah. Fractaline advice. We're going to talk PvP, and we're going to react to the Imperium Foundation slash Inotam fight. So we've all, we've all, let's start with the Inotam stuff. Yes. I really like this encounter. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it's better than the other Scion flares, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I, I like him the most. I like that there's a little bit more mechanic to it. Uh, True Vanguard, we'll start with you. What did you think of it? You know, it was a real... It was a refreshing experience because I think we had our expectations set pretty low coming off of the <laughs> Absolutely. previous season, you know, yeah. kind of sort of leading up to that final uh, Vex uh, mind fight. And it was such a letdown. And then this time we actually get a new encounter, new mechanics, new spaces. So it was definitely refreshing to see some creativity in that arena. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Travis? They were cool. It was cool. I, I wish there were more mechanics than just like, you know, killing the small flare and then going right back, um, you know, but but other than that, I mean, it's a it, it like like uh, true Vanguard. I think you hit it on the nose, which is like our expectations. My expectations, at least, were it was going to be the exact same encounter, except for the scion would have like, you know, the powers of all three, which is essentially yeah. what happened. But yeah. we got like a new area. There were some light mechanics. So it was more than we were expecting. Um, do, do you guys know if there's any special like drops you can get from that or is there, is there any nope. reason to do it? <laughs> really? Not that I know not, of. Not just just of. the quest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, you, can, well. you can do it on legendary, which is harder. There you go. That's what I hear. You get the triumph. <laughs> you get the triumph <laughs> yeah, and then that helps you yeah. unlock the, uh, the title. That's I've, it. I've made it very clear and apparent that I've been playing much less this season mm -hmm. and apparently I'm very close to getting the title. I just have to finish out two of the weapons and do the, uh, the leveling up to get your shaders. Yeah. I, I was uh, like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for uh, for this event to be complete, and then I'll get the title. Yeah. So. Oh, and, and that too, but that seems to be community-based. Uh, let's talk about Imperium Foundation. So Imperium Foundation started this week. Everybody's recommending that you hold on to your fact line. I say, do what you want. Live your <laughs> life. Throw it all in there. Uh, the best way to do it, though, if you want to donate the most, is to uh, power up the the other obelisks. things the obelisks yes yeah and yeah, then cash it all in at the end of the week because you'll get a, a bigger return on your investment. yeah i think you're supposed somebody did the math i think it's like it makes sense to deposit the first three weeks when they mm -hmm. give you and then and then uh give it back the rest of the event which i think is like two more weeks that's yeah. like mathematically the best way to do it. i donated yeah, a bunch of fractal lines. i just donated it yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like, what that's yeah. why we're on level three oh i just want, i wanted to get the emblem it's yeah like, i want that now yeah and then yeah, next right. next week i'm gonna you know, dump a whole bunch in there. So, How much have you donated, True? 
or have you have you donated any? Yeah, so I donated. Well, I had the thing is I have um, kind of neglected my obelisk. I got them all to <laughs> eleven, and then yeah. I just kind of stopped. But I played so much PvP, and mm-hmm. I had the uh, the correct obelisk linked up, so I was getting lots of drops of fractaline uh, as I play PvP. So I had thousands and thousands of fractaline when this uh, event went live. So I did my five thousand mainly just because it was. I didn't even care about the emblem. For me, it was I needed God rolls on these weapons. Uh, specifically the uh, the judgment because the traveler's judgment side I'm a, I'm a big fan of it so I've been hunting my god roll finally got it so I stopped nice. donating I was like hey I'll be, I'll be good now I went <laughs> and I invested the rest and you know so I'll have some compound uh, some compounding returns on my investment so I did a little bit of both cool yeah uh, don't forget you want to make sure to you know not get hit with short gain tax right? <laughs> <laughs> it's tax right. season so yeah, to donate enough to yeah. yeah um. Why don't you talk a little bit about well before we before we move on actually so this is trials right oh yeah big yeah. time like like almost yeah. definitely the, what uh, what yeah. if it's just crimson days early <laughs> <laughs> I saw that joke I I don't think that would go over very well no the uh, the no. actual triumph that you unlock uh, gives you a shader and I think it's called like trials something yeah. it like has the word trials it's in it's like it, trials lighthouse, lighthouse. Or, yeah it's like very <laughs> and it's it's gold and black is yeah. the color that's so right it, mm-hmm. yeah it's very clear they basically trials. they're basically telling us without telling us you know right. so they've, mm-hmm. they've done everything except just come out and say it at this point yeah. I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of disappointed I wasn't here last week when the when the uh, data mining came out because oh well I, we didn't sure. I didn't read it yeah I've been oh you didn't no. you didn't talk about it on the last show? no so we had we had uh, M Tash then yeah Tash yeah I remember, okay, I remember now yeah the uh the, I've I've been like thumping my chest for trials <laughs> ever since I've been yeah. on the show and it it finally is here and I'm well not yet but I'm extremely excited to uh, get sweaty again put on my sweaty goggles so best case scenario. They activate it next week, right? Yeah. No, I don't think so. What were you going to say, True? I was just going to say it's a relief that it's not. I mean, they're clearly moving away from the Trials of the Nine thing. This is whatever version of Trials we're getting here. There's there's no mention of the Nine in any capacity. So they're sort of communicating that they've definitely moved away from that model. So Mm -hmm. hopefully it's more reminiscent of the the original Trials. Yeah, Yeah, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't. Yeah. Mm Because that was the feedback. (laughs) <laughs> well, maybe you go into like the time area and that would sort of make sense where you're just killing each other repeatedly. Right. More <laughs> like maybe there's a little bit more lore as to why you have to res your teammates or something. They, they could sort of lean into that. I just want the mode back. Will it save Destiny? No, I think that's a little hyperbolic to think that, but I think right. it will mm-hmm. make it so there's a lot more regular things to do in Destiny and I would be very excited to see you know, more trials, streamers and stuff like that. I I think the only way they could mess this up, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, they they could do something weird with the game mode or just give you maps that don't really work with trials because a lot of the Destiny 2 maps are a little chaotic, uh, not not super uh, well made for comp. But... Uh, the only way that they could really mess it up is if they didn't have good drops, because that was the incentive of yeah. the old trials, right? Like the armor had really high rolls, and you had yeah. you had a reason to. It wasn't just for it the looked really armor. cool. That was true. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. true. And there was that that uh, auto. What was the yeah. auto that I loved? Uh, God, Doctor I can't remember. Passing. Yes. There we go. Wow, you, sir, you nailed that. 
but yeah, the, uh, the if if the rolls are really good on the armor, and also the weapons have potential for you to get god rolls, I think I think that will be enough to make people come back every week happily because that's that's been the one thing. All of my friends are like really sweaty PvP guys, so yeah. it's just been sad to see them kind of you know slowly go away. But they'll come they'll come back. Actually, a lot of them started training as soon yeah. as the data mining yeah. came out. I hit legend <laughs> this season. Yeah. I hit legend again. So nice. Oh, that's oh, nice. two in a row. One more, and I got the the seal. Wow. Won't that be your first seal? No, it'll be my third. Oh. Like I have other seals that are oh, like okay. on dying was pretty easy. Just oh, right, right, tedious. Yeah. Right. Uh, True Vanguard, speaking of PvP, you have an event coming up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about That's it? Right. The floor is yours. Yeah, so, yeah, this event is called the Play My Way Tournament. So it's a real fresh take on the way that Destiny can be played in a competitive atmosphere. You know, there's never been a tournament uh, to date that actually discourages the use of the most effective things right so we ended up sidelining the things that are really what you might call meta right now and it's not because we hate the meta it's not because we dislike the sweaty community the the whole reason is we wanted to take things off the table that make the choice for the player that way because if those certain guns spare rations and mind bender are on the table players will always use them because they want to win right Mm -hmm. so if we take these things off the table then it frees people up to really uh, express themselves and and almost use their guardian as a canvas for them to express their creativity and to bring their play style to the table, which is why the uh, name of the tournament is the Play My Way tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's got record breaking participation at this point with 500 teams signed up. It's it's got the most participation wow. from the community of any uh, PvP tournament and in how history d- destiny at this point. That's awesome. And how does somebody sign up? Is there is sign up still available? And we have, uh, for the time being, closed it. We capped it at 500 teams mm-hmm. because uh, getting <laughs> getting 500 teams whittled down in one weekend to uh, a finals bracket for the next weekend is is going to be a challenge already with 500 teams. So we figure we don't want to bite off too much more than we can chew or get too overly ambitious at this point. But we have a wonderfully girthy prize pool too. So we're very <laughs> nice. excited about it. Uh, where cool. can people watch? Yeah, so you're going to be able to watch it live on Facebook Gaming um, on my page. If you just go to truevanguard.com, it'll take you right there. And if you follow, you'll get notifications. So the qualifiers will be the 29th of February and the 1st of March. And we'll do some broadcasting then. We have a full green screen studio made. We'll have uh, live casting for the event. It'll be fantastic. And then uh, the following week, the 7th of March, uh, will be a long day of streaming right there. Hmm. Also, the competitors themselves will be live streaming on their own channels. So hmm. if you just you just want to support those people, maybe your friends in the tournament, you want to go watch him, you don't need the commentary or whatever, you can go straight to their channels as well. Hmm. Yeah, you can. So check out your favorites or go to truevanguard.com and it'll bring you to the Facebook page. That is really cool. And I think it's a good segue into one of the topics that I wanted to discuss with you this week. You're a big PVP mm-hmm. guy. I thought you would have some good insight. Uh, what do you think the biggest problems are with PVP right now? Because personally, maybe I'm a filthy casual or whatever. Definitely I feel are. I feel pretty good about PVP. I find going into solo survival, you know, I can get to around 4,000 solo. Then you kind of need a team to make sure that you can actually get to legend. Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. I think Lord of Wolves needs to be deleted from the game immediately. Just, it's not <laughs> it's not good in PvE, and it's annoying in PvP, and get rid of Telesto. But besides that, I'm largely happy. And I don't play with meta weapons. And, well, I mean, Revoker is kind of a meta weapon. Revoker is essential, yeah. at least for my place. So I'm pretty happy, but I'm constantly hearing that PvP is in a bad place. Hmm. So 
I'll start with the expert who we have on the show today, True Vanguard. Why, why are people unhappy? Help me understand. Well, so the reason why people are unhappy right now is because a lot of the more vocal people in the community are are diehard players. They're really committed players. And uh, the way that Crucible's set up right now, the people that are punished the most are the people who are in there all the time because their stats are a little inflated. And what's ended up happening is no matter where they go right now, they're really, really likely to encounter other players of their skill level or higher. So they end up having to play really hard wherever they go. They feel forced into playing the meta because we've got skill-based matchmaking front and center. The first thing you see when you pull up the Destiny uh, Crucible directory, right? You've got con the control playlist, which is 6v6. Skill-based matchmaking is on. Mm -hmm. So naturally, people who are more casual players are going to gravitate towards that experience. It's front and center. It looks like it's the staple PvP experience for them to engage with. So that's where they go. Now, that's not a bad thing. If you're a casual player, that's fantastic. The problem is you have this quick play experience, right? Which is down in the lower right-hand corner. It's small. There's no words on it. There's nothing explaining what that is. It just kind of looks like an afterthought down there. And that used to be the place where highly competitive players could go and just relax. They could use uh, really offbeat things and have fun in there. Experiment. Because it was just, yeah, it was just prioritizing connections and nothing else. But the problem is there's not a lot of casual people playing in that playlist right now because what's front and center when the casual people who just like to play PvP every now and then, when they open up that directory, it's the skill-based matchmaking thing front and center, which means they're no longer in the player pool for the highly skilled players. Now, it's a fine line to walk here because as a lover of Destiny, I'm not at all upset that casual players are having a more relaxed environment to play in. I think that's fantastic. but uh, you also don't want to alienate the people who love your activities the most. And so it's a really, it's a really hard balance to find. Mm -hmm. Travis, what do you think? Uh, you, you're a big PVP guy. Yeah. You play a lot. Yeah. I guess I never really thought about my, my objective when I play PVP isn't to, uh, to like find a place where I can just like basically dunk on, you know, casuals, which it sounds like <laughs> right. that's kind of the thing that they're missing is like a place to like show off kind of their power. But I know that was a huge part of the culture with destiny one. It was like, you know, that, that was a game that was kind of unbalanced in the right way where like, if you were really good at it, you can just destroy and get like 50 kills and, and just, you know, show off that way. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's not really, you know, I'm probably in like a middle bracket somewhere where it's like somewhat competitive, but it's not at the level of like the people who do this professionally. Uh, and mm -hmm. so and so my experience is pretty uh, kind of probably similar to yours. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're largely happy. The, the mm -hmm. one thing I don't like and I'll say this, I can't play with some of my friends because um, you get pulled into their bracket because I get pulled into their bracket yeah. and that makes for a negative experience for me. And, and it just sucks because I'm like. I'm going to screw up where I'm at ranking right now. I'll just keep playing solo survival and hope I get a good team. And then the solo survival playlist is great, but sometimes it's oddly matched. Sometimes you'll go in solo, you'll get two players who are below your skill level against three players who are at about the same skill level. And that just seems unbalanced to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should be, so, you know, one person should each get a lower skill level and then somebody in the middle and then somebody wherever. I don't, I don't understand how they configure the teams. Maybe you have some right. insight. Yeah, one of the problems right now is that um, a lot of people are confused about what lobby balancing is, but there's two mechanics for matchmaking right now. One is just the raw matchmaking where it pulls in, you know, what depending on your playlist, say you're in a 6v6 environment, where it pulls in uh, six players for each team, right? It pulls in a total of 12, and that's the matchmaking. 
Then there's a secondary function called lobby balancing, where it's like, now we've got our players. Let's try and divide up the teams in a way that makes sense. And the problem is that it it runs off of this sort of law of averages. And that starts to get messed up when you have outliers in the lobby. This is what you're talking about when you say, I feel it's hard when I play with my friends. That's because there's, there's this law of averages. If you have somebody who's a 10 in the lobby, and then you've got a, a bunch of fives and sixes, but then yeah. you've got a one and a two and a three. Well, what, what lobby balancing does is it says, let's take the 10 and we need to bring him down to average things out. So we'll give him the one, the two, and the three. The other team then has, you know, four, five, sixes. So in short, what actually ends up happening is you have a team where five players out of six are worse than everyone on the other team. Hmm. So you have the one outlier who's the 10 on top of their team, and they're having to work extra hard. But it's not fun for the majority of the team because there's not a single person they can get in a gunfight with that's at their skill level everyone is above them because Mm -hmm. the the game's just trying to get averages in terms of skill level across the board between the two teams so when you have outliers in the lobby that means that somebody's not going to have fun because of the way that that lobby bouncing happens so to me that sounds like an incredibly difficult problem to solve for so what would be a solution i think there's like a math solution here actually (laughs) (laughs) there's like there's a way to not do it with averages or to treat outliers differently Um, yeah do you have any suggestions like what are your suggestions to Uh, to make pvp better yeah so that's why you're here you're the pvp guy (laughs) in terms of lobby balance i think that's one of their biggest struggles right now uh because destiny has lots of outliers in the in the community so Mm -hmm. that happens pretty frequently so i think when you have a lobby that has an outlier like that I think the game needs to be able to detect that and adjust accordingly. Because in in a lot of lobbies, when people are around the same skill level, lobby bouncing, it's not that bad. And you actually end up with a lot of really good matchups. But when when there are those outliers, the game needs to be able to recognize that and just play the game a little bit differently when it uh, balances the lobbies out. So what I think it ought to do is, instead of taking the top guy in the lobby and putting him with the bottom guys in the lobby, because that just ends up being a real bad mismatch, even though the average makes sense, the gameplay doesn't. So instead, what it should do is take number one in the lobby, put him on a team, take two and three, put him them on another team, then take four and five, and then just go by twos down the lobby. You get what I'm saying here? Yeah, mm-hmm. almost the bracket and structure. With, and that makes a much more balanced environment rather than just saying, no matter what the lobby looks like, we're playing the law of averages here. We're going to average out the skill levels of both teams. That practically doesn't work. On paper, it works great, but practically no. No, I, I think that seems like a good solution, you know, figure out what to do with the top players and then, you know, distribute appropriately with the remainders. Yeah. Math well, guy, what do you think? Math guy? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, I, I know that there's a solution to this that's math based, but, uh, and it kind of, kind of surprises me that a bunch of computer programmers haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> Cause like, that's like, isn't that their whole game? But yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a developer. Take the uh, median range of, of skill. Yeah. There's like some know, math equation here. That. I know to fix this. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> distribute that appropriately. Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting suggestion, but again, I think the reason that they probably haven't solved this is because it's for such a small group of people right it's for the tens the tens are the ones who get negatively impacted i mean and the ones as well but for the vast majority of people that are probably somewhere in the middle it's like working for them and that's why players like you who probably are in the middle five six range are like happy with the state of play i'll take a five six people that are tens and ones probably aren't so yeah 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 i mean i've been practicing slide sniping that's fun i've just been having a good time like i've been working on lunas i've been working on skill set my snipes have gotten incredibly good 
compared to where it was when I started. And I'm yeah. really happy with where I'm at PVP wise. I hope um, you can't hear that dog. Yeah. Definitely can. The Lord of Wolves. <laughs> Sounds the Lord horrible. of Wolves is beckoning in the yeah, background. Lord of Wolves. So I love that your event also focuses on non-traditional loadouts because yeah, that's cool. uh, what's that gun everybody's using right now? You just said its name two seconds ago. The hand cannon. Spare rations? Spare uh, rations. Spare yeah, everybody's using spare rations with God rolls because it's really, really good. I'm using Thorn is actually my favorite and I'm using Luna's because I'm going for I'm um, not forgotten right now and I'm doing just fine with that it's like revoker lunas and I just get hand cannon kills as I can go just go. casually I've gotten 60 out of the 300 you need for the gun um and yeah I'm just I'm just fine with that I really really like thorn I like the rate of fire I like how it works and when you, you can actually go on a pretty good run if you actually get a kill and get that buff right that's right so I enjoy that quite a bit last word in a pretty decent spot, Lord. in a pretty good spot right now, and I Where think. Where do you primarily play? Console or PC? PC. Yeah. Yeah. So PC, my main loadout's been Revoker and uh, Hand Cannon, and then I had to do Hand Cannon kills. So I had a weird loadout for a while for the Precision Hand Cannon kills, like uh, Ace and right some uh, beloved for the sniper, you know. But yeah, like I said, I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. I'm having fun with PVP. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I am, but I, I you're console. I'm console. So yeah. what what is your loadout? Is it like just shotguns and <laughs> assault rifles? No, I'm like I'm like double snipers, man. I'm like really. Yeah, I go I go I full commit on snipers. Uh, no, I, I I do um I I use revoker and then usually my my you know uh, primary weapon kinetic weapon will kind of switch between things. What are some sometimes. of your go tos? Uh. I use a lot Arbalist. Of- <laughs> no. Kinetic. Yeah. No, isn't Revoker? Revoker's uh Revoker's special. And it takes your first slot. But it slot. takes your first slot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I end up so with kinetic, a lot of, yes. I end up with a lot of energy weapons. I was using sidearms for a while when those were hot and now I'm I think I'm back at uh I'm using a uh scout rifle. Mm, I can't remember okay. which one though. And true, what's been your primary go to PvP loadout in Destiny Two this and season? My my way of playing Destiny is by introducing as much variety and experimentation as possible. Mm-hmm. So I play with a lot of different things. You know, I, I love sidearms. I'm a huge sidearm fan, but right now I have like six sidearms on my person at all time. I like my Traveler's Judgment. I like the Lonesome, like the Anonymous Autumn. I like the new Breach Light St. 14 sidearm. There's I just so many one. things for yeah. me to play. It's so good. And, uh, and on top of that, I've had a lot of fun playing with Bastion lately. I love the Omniscient Eye Sniper Rifle from Sal- the Garden of Salvation mm-hmm. raid. There's just so many things I love playing with. Yeah, and I like that. I let me know if I'm totally off base here. Do you think spare rations is getting so much attention just because like the top the tens are using it, as you would say, or do you think there are competitors within the hand cannon space, and just that particular weapon is is getting maybe a little bit extra attention just because of those players utilizing it? So there's a couple of things I would say in response to that question. First and foremost, I think it's important to remember that gamers are not they're not stupid and if mm-hmm. something's good they'll figure it out and they don't need a youtuber to tell them that they don't need a twitch streamer to tell them that um we we knew what was good in a game before content creation really took off the way that it is now yeah uh, so i think it's important it's important to remember that gamers aren't dumb gamers are smart they'll figure out what's good on top of that the reason that spare rations is as good as it is it's not necessarily because people saw the top people using it it's because this is a, a hand cannon that fires really fast, right? It's a 150. 
So it's the second fastest firing archetype of hand cannon in the game. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, it also kills in the same amount of shots as the hardest hitting archetype in the game, the 110s. The 110s still require three shots to kill. So logistically, there's no reason you would run a 110 if you still have to land three shots. If you could just run a 150 like spare rations and still land three shots. And same thing with 140s. 140s still require uh, all three headshots to put someone down in three shots. There's no reason to run a 140 mm-hmm. over a 150 because not only do you have to hit three shots, you still have to hit all three headshots. So if your choices are, would you rather shoot a gun that fires fast and kills in three shots or shoot or use a gun that fires slower and kills in three shots? It's, yeah, it's a no-brainer. TDK. Yeah. Yeah. So your optimal TTK is great on a spare rations. So now you're whittled it down to 150 archetypes, which is why Thorn is also really you know, popular right now. But why spare rations over the other 150s like a sunshot? Well, that's because, A, you're right, it's legendary, doesn't take up your exotic slot, and B, 150s notoriously have some pretty um, uh, pretty bad recoil. Yeah, Spare rations actually has some pretty good visual recoil. Now, on top of that, everyone is getting their god rolls that have this perk called rapid hit. Rapid hit makes it so that when you get precision hits back to back, it's going to almost negate your recoil. It's going to make your recoil very, very manageable. And a final factor with the god rolls people are getting on this spare rations hand cannon, the aim assist value is over 90. Mm. So all of these things stack to make it undisputed the best hand cannon in the game. And hand cannons are the most popular choice uh, right now, having an overall usage rate of well over 25%, sometimes even up in the 30, low 30 percentile for weapon usage right now, which is huge compared to any other primary weapon archetype in the game. Yeah, they've always been dominant too. Well, one quick thing I want to make sure that is clear to everybody listening. I don't think anybody's stupid. I was posing a question about the weapon uh, that I was sort of curious about because I do see these metas sort of ebb and flow. And I always have to wonder, I'm like, is there just a gun out there that we haven't discovered yet because we're focusing in on something else? So mm-hmm. I hope that wasn't your takeaway when I asked that question. No, not at all. But yeah. that is a very common thing that uh, that people will say in communities. Like uh, they'll say the content creators or people that publish content in general tend to make the metas and i just don't think mm-hmm. that's true yeah i have seen that sentiment a lot lately and it's really it's like uh i think mtash was you know retweeting somebody who's like it's your fault it's like this and it's just kind of interesting the finger pointing that's been going on in the community and i, I don't know where that's coming from i think people are just potentially frustrated right now with just general sandbox things so they're just mm-hmm. trying to come up with answers and sometimes that comes out in angry <laughs> angry rants that's right and and uh you know screenshotted uh text text (laughs) bubbles and such like that um well okay that's really insightful no you bring up some really really good points about the gun and thank you for articulating because it helps me have a better understanding of why people are using this gun so much and why i need to chase that god roll to be you know at least competitive with the hand cannons in pvp do you think bungie's going to do anything about that particular weapon I don't think in the immediate future, no. I think they coming off of really, a, right? a hand cannon nerf that they mm-hmm. did recently, I, I think that they would uh, lose some good faith if they came out and, and nerfed it. I think at this point, they really need to focus on making some great incentives that encourage more diversity rather yeah. than hammering down the things that are sticking out. Yeah. Period. Well, one of the other updates that it's it's going to be really, really interesting to see, yeah, and that's the weird. sword update. So swords are no longer going to consume ammo, basically. Here, here's what Bungie said. Swords now have their own reserve of energy 
that recharges naturally on its own and is not, not to be confused with ammo capacity. This energy will overtake your melee slot while you're wielding a sword and is spent on various actions. For example, uh, guarding now uses sword energy instead of consuming ammo. Different guards have different consumption rates, damage resistance, and behaviors. So be sure to experiment and find a guard type you like. You still need at least one ammo to begin guarding, though. This is cool. This yeah. is really, really interesting, and it's going to be really neat to see how this changes, how people utilize yeah. swords. It could end up being uh, affecting the meta because you don't need power ammo anymore to use a sword. Well, you need one ammo. You need one ammo to guard. I think you yeah. still, yeah. Yeah, I say, I think you yeah. still need ammo mm-hmm. to guard. So, are you a sword user? No. I mean, why would you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's, like, it's just not part of the meta right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the only people who use swords are for PVE. So, I think this will make them viable in PvP. Uh, you know, you'll sure. see like the odd person using it, but it's like to troll or mm-hmm. you know to complete some bounty or something. So, uh, this this is a kind of a different thing. But yeah, I'm excited to see how this changes things. True. Why do you think they decided to change how swords are going to function? I, I welcome the shakeup with any yeah. sort of weapon type. I'm just sort of curious why you think they decided to do this. I think they have a real challenge in uh, making swords have a real meaning in the game, you know? Yeah. And I think that they've expressed some, some good creativity with things like World Line Zero and with Black Town. They're creative. They're interesting. Are they really effective? No, mm-hmm. Probably not. <laughs> so the problem that they're seeing is that some of the base functions of the sword, like the guarding, um, they don't get used because the way that swords are designed, it, you just end up using all your ammo not attacking. Mm-hmm. You use your ammo to get places and to block incoming damage. But then by the time you close the gap, you get to your target, you've got a couple of swings left. Mm-hmm. And that can that, that can pose a real challenge in, in keeping them relevant. So I think this is a good way to let swords have a place yeah. Uh, let you actually use them as swords and not as other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure the reason that they made this change is because the I, I imagine that the It's sword... because of the streamers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all true Vanguard's part. <laughs> or should I call you true crucible? Um yeah, the uh <laughs> the first. <laughs> yeah, he uh I, I I'm imagining that it's because sword usage is must be so low. I mean people mm-hmm. use them for like glitches or to like jump across large for gaps. traversal. That's traversal, that's mm-hmm. really it. Yeah. Um yeah. I kind of miss when swords were part of the meta. Remember when we were all using them to kill bosses in D1? That's right. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, they're still fun every once in a while, but I can't remember an instance where I'm like, I really need a sword for this encounter. Yeah, I wish it is. <laughs> well, most of the bosses do this um, slam AOE stomp. attack stomp. that throws yes. you anyway, so you have, you have no reason to go up there with a sword. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's been a bummer too. I'm really, I that's one of my pet peeves with PVE. <laughs> the the slam, man, the stomp mechanic. I can't deal I, with it. I think the common consensus is, uh, Bungie, please stop with the stomp mechanic. <laughs> yes, dude, please. <laughs> it's so, yeah. Uh, yeah. True. Those were the main topics for this week. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, head out? Any any topics that we may have missed? Did you um? Are you familiar with the speedrunning community and their sort of their their concerns with this sword nerf? Or not nerf buff? <laughs> um, no. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I am familiar. So I'm familiar with the speedrunning community. I'm not familiar with their concerns though. Mm-hmm. So there are people who who really love setting records for the time it takes to complete certain PVE activities, and a lot of them use the World Line Zero sword in order to do it, mm-hmm. because World Line Zero allows you to carry momentum with a uh, Warlock burst glide, 
and you can travel at just insane speed. Faster than a sparrow can travel, you can mm-hmm. just fly as a warlock. It helps you get across giant gaps. Take, for example, you know, um, in the Garden of Salvation raid, after you complete that first encounter, yeah. you kill all the Cyclopses, and then you go down into this area where if you fall off, you can die, but it's just sort of a jumping puzzle to yeah. get across to the next encounter. Well, speedrunners will use the World Line Zero. They have a route that they've memorized where they can fly across that gap and just in a matter of seconds progress on to the next encounter. So it can be really useful in that capacity. But it sounds like these changes to the swords the way that they're now going to be consuming energy is going to make it pretty difficult and from what we've heard, probably impossible to continue to string together those world line zero skates. So it's really going to affect the speedrunning community. Yeah. Well, which and- I think is unfortunate. It is, yeah. Absolutely. So, go ahead. Well, no, in addition to that, they also patched the the dungeon recently and they added a rock that actually prevented speedrunners from completing it as quickly as they could. <laughs> it just seems like a really odd decision on Bungie's part. We don't like that people can complete it so fast. It's like, why? Yeah. Like, they're still in there for 15, 20 minutes if you're, like, super fast. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. I think the sword thing was probably related to other balance issues, but it does affect the speedrunning community. I tend to mm-hmm. think that... The community will always find ways to come up with, you know, skates and ways yeah. to go fast and stuff. I don't think this is going to prevent that, to be honest. But I think it will make it for any any records that have already been set. It'll be really hard to beat those. Yeah. And it I, puts them at such a disadvantage. And I do have to wonder what happens to all those efforts and records that they've already established. Are they going to they'll probably be retained for that version of Destiny before. And then they're going to have to set new standards for whatever they land on going forward. The speedrunning community yeah. is absolutely fantastic. I believe we're hosting the world um, record clip right now for Garden of Salvation oh, from nice. Similar. I can't remember. I, I passed know. it off to Mark Medina. <laughs> Mark Medina uh, handles all of our speedrunning stuff. He does stuff with awesome games done quick often. Yeah. And um, Bungie, if you're listening, we want you to react to the speedrun. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to get you to do that. Well, um, that would be yeah. cool. Just, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's everything I had for this week. True Vanguard, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and giving us much more insight about PvP. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a joy. Yeah, where can people find your work? Uh, TrueVanguard.com will take you straight to my streaming page where you can follow and uh, see live gameplay six days a week. Other than that, you can find me on social media, The True Vanguard on Twitter and on Instagram, as well as YouTube. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Travis, for making the trek over here. And for everybody else listening, until next time, Guardians Guardians out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.